Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. You know those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their website. We do it for free, and it's a lot of fun. Freetalklive.com. So enjoy that on us. All right. To start things out here tonight, Mark, uh, you had a story last night that I mentioned we would get to. We didn't. So I want to make sure we do get to it so as we can't be um, accused of making false yeah, we're not teases and promises on the air. We'll come through for you. So uh, presidential candidate Ron Paul has some thoughts on this whole housing market situation, mm-hmm. which I must say is pretty nasty. I'm involved in it right now, trying to sell my house down in Florida. Yeah, you're in a particularly nasty market, as am I. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sarasota, Florida had some really great gains uh, back uh, 2000, up to 2005, and, uh, well, they've uh, taken it on the chin recently. A 30% reduction, I think, over the past, what, two years? Yeah, I've heard numbers even higher. Um, the U.S. housing market, long considered vulnerable by many economists, is now on the verge of suffering a serious collapse in many regions. Commodities guru and hedge fund manager Jim Rogers warns that real estate um, in expensive bubble areas will drop 40 or 50 percent. Mainstream media outlets like the New York Times are reporting breathlessly about the possibility of widespread defaults on subprime mortgages. When the bubble finally bursts completely, millions of Americans will be looking for someone to blame. Look for Congress to hold hearings into sublime lending practices, excuse me, subprime lending practices and predatory mortgages. We'll hear a lot of grandstanding about how unscrupulous lenders took advantage of poor people and how rampant speculation caused real estate markets around the country to overheat. It will be reminiscent of the Enron hearings, and the message will be explicitly or implicitly the same. Free market capitalism left unchecked leads to greed, fraud, and unethical, if not illegal, business practices. Mm. But capitalism's not to blame for the housing bubble. The Federal Reserve is. Specifically, Fed intervention in the economy through the manipulation of interest rates and creation of money, caused the artificial boom in mortgage lending. The Fed has roughly tripled the amount of dollars in credit in circulation since 1990. Housing prices have risen dramatically, not because of the simple supply and demand, but because the Fed literally created demand by making the cost of borrowing money artificially cheap. When credit is cheap, individuals tend to borrow too much and spend recklessly. Mm. It's not to say that all banks, lenders, and Wall Street firms are blameless. Many of them are politically connected and benefited directly from the Fed's easy money practices. Some lenders did make fraudulent or unethical loans. What, what the hell is an unethical loan? Um, but every cent they loaned was created uh, was first created by the Fed. I, I guess an unethical loan would be a loan where the terms weren't disclosed ahead of time. I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose you're getting into the area of usury where interest rates are too high, but you know, there's no loan out there like that. I don't know. Um, if, if, to me, an un- unethical loan would be something where uh, you didn't know what was going to happen um, ahead of time. The actions of lenders, and then you know, you signed not knowing. But you should read these things. Yeah, the, give it the truth and information or whatever, the revealing documents and all that. If you want to read them, they're there usually. The actions of lenders are directly attributable to the policies of the Fed. When credit is cheap, why not loan money more recklessly to individuals who normally would not qualify? Even with higher default rates, Lenders could make huge profits simply through volume. Subprime lending is synonymous, oh, is, is a symptom of the housing bubble, not the cause of it. Um, here's something I'd like to say about subprime loans. 
Generally, the uh, rates... These are, wait, wait, these are the loans that are being given to people that probably shouldn't be given loans, right? Well, I don't know whether they should or should not be given loans. That would be a base... They're bad risks. They're a higher risk. Okay. Um, a subprime loan would be to a higher risk person, more likely to default. Their terms are usually more harsh, higher interest mm-hmm. rates, uh, you know, bigger penalties. 10% or something. That would be pretty high uh, but at the time. But it, it could happen. Um, these people couldn't get loans otherwise. Mm-hmm. They willingly signed the contracts. Why? Because nobody else would give them a loan for anything less. They would have taken a loan that was less, 30, uh, a 30-year fixed at 6%. Mm-hmm. They would have snapped it right up. Nobody wanted to give it to them because they're scabs. Sorry, they didn't pay their bills. Um, or whatever, yeah. Well, generally, that's, that's the reason. That's usually it. Usually the reason. I, I suppose there's um, probably some young people out there who, uh, 21 years old or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. got a subprime loan. Um and uh, true, made some mistakes. True to their nature, they um, continued to do such a thing. By the way, Could I not pay their bills. Right, they they had you know things got rough, and uh, you know now they're going to be defaulting on their loans. Let's talk about all the people who have subprime loans, myself included, because um, at the time you know I, I didn't have uh, I, I was working for myself. I had been through a bankruptcy. My my credit wasn't that great. I was a scab. I took a subprime loan. I've paid it every month, and I'm going to pay. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to pay it. I got a loan where um, I wouldn't normally have gotten one. I'm glad for my subprime loan. Thank you. I'm not sure whether it's subprime or whether I'm just, you know, the category below prime. Or I, I don't even, I don't even know yeah, what okay. these things are. But I know that I am not the perfect credit risk. So, you know, to to say that all these people they're at the they're at the the the, the mercies of these predatory banks. No, they're not. They want a house, yep. and they're willing to pay. You know, they, they see the line that says how much you're going to have to pay a month. They know how long you're going to have to pay it. They can do the math. I mean, there's, there's a box that says how much you'll pay at the end of this. When you pay, make all your payments on time, in full, this is how much you'll pay at the end of the loan. Yeah, you know, I'm not a... Three uh, times what it is. I'm not a fiscal expert or anything like that. I don't know a, a lot about loans and monetary matters. I, I just know the basics. And what I do know is that when you're getting into something like a home loan, where you're dealing with, where you're going to be dealing with paying off uh, on a monthly basis a tremendous value, hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is serious. This isn't just, hey neighbor, can you loan me twenty bucks? This is a big deal. I mean, this is two hundred thousand dollars. So, I mean, with with a size of the loan like that, you would think that consumers would do their due diligence. And if they don't understand what an ARM is, an ARM, adjustable rate mortgage, and they don't understand what a fixed rate mortgage is, then they should un- they should uh, make it their task to comprehend these things beforehand. So don't act like you got, you're got a deer in headlights here when you've got an adjustable rate mortgage, and then all of a sudden, your rate changes. You have an adjustable rate mortgage. Right. Uh, so and I'm, you know some of them they would give these uh, three year fixed and then um, they would adjust. Well, surprise! After three years, it's going to adjust, and you know what? It's probably going to adjust up. You mean those one percent things like get a mortgage for one percent? No, no. Those are those are uh, just tricks. Usually, that's one month. Yeah, um, that's the first, that's the first month's payment has a you know one percent interest. That way they can advertise it as one percent, mm-hmm. and then after that it jumps to you know six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. Right. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if you are like me and you have a tough time with, um, you know, I went to government school. I have I have a tough time with fine print and legalese and that sort of thing. 
Take it to a friend that understands these things. Or take it to a lawyer. They have Take it to a lawyer. They, they have real, real estate, estate attorney. Right. They have real estate attorneys. That's what these people are for. They're um, to make sure that you understand what you're dealing with. It's a couple hundred dollars for, you know, uh, an hour or two consultation. These, you know, $150 an hour, $200 an hour is what uh, these guys charge. It's not Online. that much. Online. How about the Internet? How about Wikipedia? How about various different other options that are out there, too? Anyway, I just don't feel so. I agree with you, and I don't feel sorry uh, for the people that have made these choices and then bombed out and, and are now uh, weeping. Over the decision. Right. They made a choice for a particular type of loan. If the bank did everything that it said that it was going to do, then I don't feel like there's any problems there. Mm. You knew ahead of time that the rate was going to adjust after three years. It was going to go up. It could go up this much per, um, you know, uh, semi-annually. You know, th- that you, you knew what was going to happen. I mean, ha- I'm, bummed it's happen. Ha- I'm bummed it's happening. Because it's happening at the time I want to sell my house, right. so now it's, I've got to reduce a, my price. It's not a great real estate market right now. Yeah, um, but it's, it is for buyers. It is. It's great a, time to buy a house. I'm not so sure. Florida. I am not so sure that I'm. I would be ready to buy right now. I want to see how the market's going to do. I know what you're saying, but there's also the chance the market could go back up. I it mean, could, but you know, um, I'd like to know where the bottom was. And um, you know, be, buy a little above the bottom, than to uh, buy a little. Um, than, than to buy now and then to to think that I could to lose that much down. more right that much more on the house that I just purchased. Yeah, I hope other people aren't thinking the way you are. Mm, well, there's a lot of people that are. I'm sure. So is there more you're going to continue. Yes, Dr. there is. Paul? All right, we'll get to that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Monetary issues that matter and whatever you want to talk about as well. I mean, money, sex, anything goes. This is free talk live. So you take control. Bring it up at 800-259-9231, the pack at 8.net toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can also join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All the features totally free, including the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts, over 1,500 people interacting for free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com to get you right to that. bbs.freetalklive.com. Tax season is upon us. Don't you wish you had known a little more about finances growing up? A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Joel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066, akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. 1-800-259-9231, our toll-free number. You call in, bring up whatever's on your mind. We're in the midst of uh, Ron Paul, who happens to be a presidential candidate, talking about the lending market, the mortgage situation here in America, with many lenders having to foreclose on the pro- the, um, the properties that they loan money for because people have defaulted for various reasons. They didn't understand the adjustable rate mortgage. Uh, they didn't... For instance, uh, they weren't expecting the rate that they ended up having to pay, or whatever the reasons, or right. they're just deadbeats. He's looking into his crystal ball and saying the Congress will um, will come down hard on these predatory banks for their lending practices. They're going to blame practices. the marketplace. Right. 
and and um, the banks and and capitalism and and all that stuff. And he's saying that's, that's, that's not where the blame lies. I agree with him on that. That's uh, that tends to be what government does. Government creates a problem, and then uh, blames the free market for the problem. And then, of course, creates whatever is proposed solution to that problem right. is, which, of course, creates more problems. That's what government does every single time. The government creates a problem, and then it uses more government to solve the problem. But it never solves the problem. And that is how we get bigger and more and progressively larger government. That's how the Democrats and the Republicans manage to give us more and more government every single time. And the news media falls right in line, too. Mm-hmm. So whatever the government says, oh, hey, they must be right. They're the government. Oh, we'll just report whatever they say. No critical thinking uh, need, need be applied. Um, so there's hardly anybody out there in the news media that's actually questioning these, uh, these bureaucrats. Uh, a few more thoughts from Ron Paul. Fed credit also distorts mortgage lending through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, two government schemes created by Congress supposedly to help poor people. Fannie and Freddie enjoy an implicit guarantee of bailout by the federal government if their loans default and thus are insulated. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Wow. They're insulated from market forces. They don't have to worry about their... Um, they, loan, in, they, loan to anybody. Right, Who might cares? as well. they got a heartbeat, give them a loan. This insulation spurred investors to make um, to make funds available to Fannie and Freddie um, that otherwise would have been, would have been invested in other securities or more productive endeavors, thereby fueling the housing boom. Mm. The Federal Reserve pro- provides the mother's milk for the booms and the busts, wrongly associated with a myth- mythical business cycle. Imagine a Brinks truck driving down a busy street with the doors wide open and money flying out everywhere, and you'll have a pretty good an- analogy for Fed policies over the last two decades. Unless and until, <laughs> a great visual. Yep. Unless and until we get the Federal Reserve out of the business of creating money at will and selling um, and setting interest rates, we will remain vulnerable to the market bubbles and painful corrections. Yeah, I it, mean this is this is much further reaching than just the housing market. Uh, the Federal Reserve, it's I mean it's in everything. It's money. It is. I mean it's behind everything. It really is. If housing prices plummet and millions of Americans find themselves owing more than their homes are worth, the blame lies squarely with Alan Greenspan and Ben Bernanke. It, you know, Americans, if, if the Fed was there or wasn't there, I would agree that the Fed spurred the housing market, um, b- spurred the boom in the housing market. Really, it did. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for the uh, the interest rates, uh, um, you know, and it wasn't for the inflation that caused the prices to go up, everybody just thought, whoa, these houses, it's like free money. I just got to buy houses. Mm-hmm. I just need extra houses. I had to. Yep. Um, uh, you know, but Americans will, people will continue to take loans that they can't uh, pay. Some people will continue to take loans that they can't pay off. And the failure, it, that lies with people. That doesn't lie with the Fed. True, and it inevitably but lies the business, with the people. Now I the mean, businesses, they let the Fed get away with it. The businesses lose money. Um, if, if a business, uh, the bank, loses money on somebody relatively quickly, if somebody's going to default, they don't usually own the house for three years and then default. Okay. They usually default within the first... They're a loser right away. Yeah, they, they, they lose pretty quickly. Usually. You don't know... For, I'm, you know I'm making a generalization here, um, but th- that's what I believe to be true. Um, so, you know, the bank's not going to make a lot of money on that. So it's the banks that will hold back from lending to people. So essentially by um, allowing the market to really work, what you would be doing is cutting off people who would normally um, – who would who would want these houses but just can't get loans. They'd have to rent until their credit got better, until they paid their bills, mm-hmm. and then, um, then they'd be qualified, and then they'd get loans um, for houses. That's how it should be. That's how it should be.
1-800-259-9231. To the phones, to the amplifier line, and Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. I had a comment on the uh, on the mortgages, but you already covered it, the idea that the brokers would uh, uh, give loans to people that they knew couldn't pay them back, but as soon as the loan is funded, the broker gets his money, and then it's the bank's problem, and they know that. Mm-hmm. You know, since this money is so free that, you know, nobody really cares about the actual ability of the person who will be hurt and now, have to go the, bankrupt. Now, the brokers, they don't, the brokers don't broker the deal. They don't actually make the deal. The brokers don't come out of their pocket with $300,000 for the house. They say to the bank, hey, um, I got somebody here. They got a heartbeat. Um, look like they got a job. They've had it for uh, three or four weeks now. And, uh, you know, they, <laughs> time to get them a home. The parole officer yeah. says that they should have a home, <laughs> right? Um, so they, the brokers got their, their scab over there, and they say to the bank, I'd like to get this person a loan. So the bank really sets up the loan, and they're responsible for it. Now, some will, some banks, it's their policy to take a loan and sell it off. But it's their loan until they manage to sell it. So um, I, I'd like to thank the brokers, the brokers out there for making me look good. I mean, because yeah, uh, right, exactly the, the the broker the broker gets his money when the thing is funded and then goes off to the next the next uh, deal. Sure, and, you know they don't have to worry about it thirty years for the next thirty years. Right. I would say that so that's true. They, um, the banks need to, you know, make sure that their brokers they get proof of everything from their brokers, um, but they generally do, and they're doing better, a better and better job of it these days. They weren't doing a great job of it back then, a couple of years ago. Well, actually, I, I wanted to talk about light bulbs. Okay, sure. If I can change the topic here, by all means. Uh, <clears throat> you talked about these compact fluorescent bulbs. Uh, Walmart's going big on those, and. Uh, the state of California is actually considering making incandescent bulbs illegal. Uh, yeah. You know, when they outlaw incandescent bulbs, only outlaws will have incandescent bulbs. <laughs> well, I, I've bought a bunch of compact fluorescents, and, you know, I buy them because they're cheap to run, but I, I just hate them. I really? Hate them. Why? There's two problems with them. I mean, they give really great light. You know, it's really bright. They're really cheap, you know, as far as running it. Uh, but they don't come on when you turn them on. I mean, it takes about two minutes for them to come to full brightness. What are you buying? Really? I, I get the, the, the GE ones at Walmart. That's I not happening to me. Pr- there's something wrong because uh, they take a fraction of a second um, at my house. Well, they come on. Well, they come on in a fraction of a second. But they're dim. If, if you compare that with two minutes, and it, and it goes up very gradually. So notice that next time. That, I have you know, never noticed that. I haven't noticed it. That doesn't make Ever. it true. I mean, you, you may just be more untrue. sensitive to light than uh, than I. I don't know if you've got more. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Never noticed that. No, They I seem to either. be instantaneously as bright as they normally are as, as soon as they come on. Uh, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All the features totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones to Brian 
returning to Brian, actually, in Colorado. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I uh, don't I don't know if we had quite gotten through all of your comments yet, Brian. Well, just the, the compact fluorescence. I mean, the, the they don't come on. They, they come on quick, but they come on about half the brightness. I mean, if it, it bothers me, if it doesn't bother you know someone else, then, then that's not a problem. But we, try this: take two bulbs of the same, you know, 60 watts or 100 watt equivalent, put them in a lamp, turn on one, and then let it warm up for two minutes, and turn the other one on next to it. And you'll see that there's there's a distinct difference. Okay, but, that's you know, something I can do. You know, after you said it, I realized that generally when I turn um, on a flore- one of my fluorescent uh, lamps. I, I'm usually thinking it's a little dark in the room, but I hadn't noticed them like warming up and getting brighter. I just, I guess, I just thought my eyes got used to it or something. <laughs> or maybe you're just getting older, you know. I, I think as we I, get older, we get darker. It's, it's either that <laughs> or die. The other, the other problem with a compact fluorescence is you can't dim them. And That's true. I've got true. my whole house set up on this X10, uh, you know, remote control thing where you can dim any light in the house. Ah, uh, yes, you geek. You can't that's, do it. That's that's why that's what you get for uh, being a rich guy who can afford to do that crap. <laughs> Yeah, I get on eBay used. It's really cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to have some of that X10, X10 stuff. Uh, it's overpriced, but it's kind of neat. Um, oh, yeah, you, you don't buy it from X10. You get it from eBay for you know pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I you sold can, mine on eBay for pennies on the dollar, in fact. You're right. Um, yeah. But, okay, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. You can't dim fluorescence, and I don't think the technology is ever going to come out to where you can dim fluorescence. Well, what do I know? They, they, they do have dimmable fluorescence, but they're hugely expensive. The uh-huh. real answer is LEDs. And they are mm. on the horizon right now. They sure are. These things are phenomenal. Uh, I've been experimenting with some, and the numbers are amazing. You get a 100-watt incandescent bulb, and uh, the equivalent light output from a compact fluorescent is about 22, 23 watts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same light, the same exact light from an LED is 5 watts. Yep, it's and, tremendous. And you can dim them, and they come on right now, and they can make it any color under the rainbow, yep. except here's the problem today. They can't make it the same color white as an incandescent bulb. It's still kind of bluish. Huh. So well, they'll get over it. That, but it won't take long. Yeah, they'll get it. And, and a little blue light, what's, what's the worst thing? What, what, who cares? Well, they oh, yeah. have that. Your eyes adjust that, and it looks white after a while. Yeah, yeah you're fl- I mean, they've got fluorescents that are blue-tinted uh, blue, uh, as well today. So uh, I, th- I think you're right, though, that as, uh, as LED demand continues to grow, and it will, the, definitely the, sort of the, the geek segment of the marketplace will certainly fuel that. I'm excited about it. They're a little bit pricey today, but, man, I mean, for what you get, you get light bulbs that will last almost probably your entire life um, is, is how long these things will last. Yeah, they they're, they're, they say something like a hundred thousand hours, which I just uh, calculated this. Uh, Twenty-four hours a day, uh, three hundred sixty-five days a year is eleven and a half years on. Yeah, and these things take uh, in eleven years they'll take thirteen dollars to to run them. Incredible! Wow. Great. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate the call, man. 800-259-9231. So where does one get these LED lights besides going online and buying them? And... You pretty much have to go online and buy them. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen them in I'm Home I'm willing Depot. to pay for um, light bulbs. Here, here's my conundrum. Um, an incandescent bulb is what? About a, a, somewhere between a half and a quarter of what a, a fluorescent bulb is. And uh, somewhere, in price, you mean? Somewhere mm-hmm. like a twentieth of what an LED bulb is. Uh, sure. Something like that. Yeah. Sounds I'm in a right. rental. I don't know how long I'm going to be in this rental till I buy my next house or build my next house or whatever it is I'm going to do. I'm, you know, I'm sort of on the horns of a dilemma here. The, right. uh, um, the seller's uh, screwing around because uh, he can, and I don't know how long I'm going to be in there. So I don't want to invest in these uh, fluorescent bulbs, but I, I like the idea of buying uh, 
the, you can always the best pull bulb. them out when you move. Oh yeah, that's great. Leave, <laughs> leave with all the lights uh, unscrewed. Okay, what you do is you keep the existing bulbs in a drawer somewhere, and mm-hmm. you put the old bulbs back in. I suppose that could be done. I mean, and that's if you're that excited and you want to run out right now and yeah, go and, and buy these things. But then I'd have to worry about breaking the bulbs on the move and that kind of thing. So I think that's probably best just to wait. I don't think that's a big worry. You wrap them, they'll be safe. But nonetheless, I mean, right now they are expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've quite figured out. I don't have much experience using the LED bulbs. It looks like, um, I don't know. I don't think they've quite figured out how to project the light as well with the LED bulbs. I'm not sure. Okay. They seem to be in a relatively early stage. You would be considered an early adopter at this point, Mark. And I don't know if that's somewhere you want to be. I'm with generally the, the an early adopter in, are you? in general. I just like new crap. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, great. What's up here? Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, well, we got some uh, great news about the RIAA today. Okay. Uh, a judge has uh, uh, basically issued a lose-lose ruling for them. What's that mean? Uh, there's, there's a case, uh, Electra versus Sant'Angelo, uh, where basically the, the RIAA finally realized, hey, we don't have a case. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and dismiss but let's dismiss uh, without prejudice. So that way, if we build a case later on, we can always bring it back. Um, and the judge finally came back today and said, no, you're either going to dismiss with prejudice or we're going to trial. And so what happened? Uh, well, they're still waiting on the RIAA's response. But uh, basically, the judge has put them in a lose-lose situation because everybody knows they have no case. Okay. So... And it, 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 Will this create some precedent, precedent, or is it just a slap in the face for the RIAA? No, this, this is a this would be a precedent-setting case. Why? Uh, uh, because of the the way that they went about the uh, their fact finding and all of that, uh, and the the way that the courts have allowed them to basically circumvent the law uh, by bringing John Doe cases and then assigning them to a name once they think they found a name. Uh, so this would be a pretty much a precedent-setting case. Hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Good to know. Anything else, Eric? Uh, no, that's about it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So that's it? The IRA is dead? No, not okay. quite. But there has been another four-letter uh, organization or thing that has been blocked recently. Uh, yet one of the other online pornography acts has been shot down by a federal judge We'll get to that here in a little bit, but um, here's another four-letter agency that's not being shut off or harmed in any way. In fact, what they're doing, since we were talking about homes earlier, this is appropriate, they're going to be flooding the marketplace in the South with trailers for sale. Hmm. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency in Little Rock, a year af- uh, Associated Press, a year and a half after Hurricanes Katrina and Rita, FEMA is auctioning off at fire sale prices thousands of trailers used by storm victims raising fears among home mob- uh, mobile home dealers that the government will flood the market and depress prices. Yeah, sounds that way to me. Mobile home dealers, and really they're, they're getting stabbed in the back as well, the industry. Mobile home dealers are finding that some potential customers would rather wait to make a deal on a used FEMA trailer than drop 25000 to $40,000 for a brand new trailer. What a surprise. Gail Cruz, the owner of Diamond State Mobile Home Sales in Hope, says people think they're just going to get... Or they're just going to get to buy them for nothing. FEMA is storing 20,000 trailers at the city's airport. Some of the FEMA trailers will sell for less than half 
of what they cost brand new. Well, th- that wouldn't be unusual for a uh, used car, especially one that's probably not uh, lovingly used. The people who were in the FEMA trailers... They didn't pay anything for it, so they didn't have um, any real reason to uh, take care of it. They weren't going to get any money when it was sold, so they probably didn't take very good care of it. Yeah, well, that much that that much might be true, Mark. However, you're also looking at a uh, an extra market situation. I would here say that federal agency I would agree, I would agree with that. Throwing our money around in the form of tax dollars, buying up all kinds of trailers, and now saying, "Yeah, we don't want any of these trailers anymore." Oh, you know, there might be another hurricane or something in the future here in the South, but yeah, let's just sell off these trailers anyway. Well, um, so, I don't know if I ent- I don't entirely agree with that assessment and and or their assessment. Look. Um, you know, they're just introducing used trailers to the market, and if they sell them at half price, that's about what they would go for anyway. Now, it is going to drive the price of all used trailers down, therefore make it undesirable to get a new trailer. Yes, so I and they're used in trailers that agree. were bought with stolen funds. But there's more to this. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Including some interesting numbers on the way. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn what the program's all about. Simple. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you like Free Talk Live, you want to help support the show, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up because when you send in three bucks a month, like over 200, excuse me, 360 of our listeners have done, then it all adds up to where we've got a nice little advertising budget for the show. Um, so it allows us to do industry outreach and advertising to more radio stations. It allows us to get more Internet listeners on board, and there's a whole list of things that we're doing with the money there at amp.freetalklive.com. The most important thing is it's working. We're getting more listeners because of the AMP program. So AMP sort of feeds on itself. As more listeners come in, they find out about AMP, they AMP, thereby more listeners come in, find out about AMP and AMP, and it's a nice little growing process. So get on board at amp.freetalklive.com. And that means it grows faster and faster because more people are on board. That's the idea. So FEMA bought up a whole bunch of trailers in the uh, the southeast after Katrina and Hurricanes Katrina and Rita. And we t- we've talked about the trailers before. There have been a variety of different debacles in regards to the trailers. There was the one time that we found out that there was, a, I guess, one key. Each key to each trailer would open one out of every five trailers. Yeah, the, the, the keys were very similar in opening lots of trailers, so there was all kinds of theft going on. And there were uh, interesting stories about the denizens of these FEMA trailer parks and how pathetic they were uh, as far as they'd been sort of... They'd adjusted their lives according to the FEMA handouts, and they expect sort of expect everything from the federal government. And it was really just a, just a sad look into some people's lives. Right. My town was hit by a hurricane. You're going to have to take care of me for the rest of my life. So some critics of the now they're gonna now they're looking to sell these trailers that they have for whatever reason. Some critics of the Federal Emergency Management Agency said the sale is emblematic of the way FEMA botched its handling of Katrina. FEMA ordered more trailers than it needed. It let many of them sit out in the open, exposed to the elements, and now some fear is about to double-cross the trailer dealers. 
FEMA spokes bureaucrat Debbie Wing defended why is the that a, Why is that a double cross? Well, you'll find out. Okay. FEMA spokes bureaucrat Debbie Wing, def- uh, Wing defended the agency, saying, quote, it, it wanted to be prepared to house as many victims as possible when it bought the trailers. She said the agency is now trying to lower its storage costs by reducing the number it's holding in reserve for the next disaster. Isn't that nice? They're looking out for the taxpayer. That's trying great. To cut back on storage costs. Wait a minute. Don't the feds own a bunch of land? Couldn't they just... Put them there? Well, they're just going to deteriorate and rot. I see. FEMA spokes, uh, let's see, she says, we're being cautious not to flood the market. She said, we appreciate the fact that these manufacturers sold us these units during the height of it. FEMA spent $2.7 billion of your dollars to buy 145,000 mobile homes and trailers after Katrina and Rita hit the Gulf Coast in 2005, paying a bulk rate price of about $19,000 per trailer on average. So, Mark... They weren't paying regular price for these trailers. They were paying a much discounted rate. Oh. And now they want to clear them out the door at a lesser rate. FEMA Now, why, now did, has, why did they manage to get them um, lower? Because it was just bulk? Because it was an emergency. It was a bulk mm. rate. And so the, the trailer dealers said to themselves, hey, we'll do something to help people out. You know, FEMA needs these trailers. We'll cut them a, a good price on the trailers and, uh, you know, maybe barely make a... 500 per trailer, or I don't know what the costs are on these things. I certainly don't either. They probably weren't making a lot at $19,000 per trailer if their regular price is 40 to 60. Mm-hmm. And so the the dealers figured they were helping out. The dealers figured they were doing people a favor, giving giving people temporary homes. And now here's FEMA saying, okay, now we're just going to sell off the inventory. We're not going to hold on to these. Mm. FEMA's got 60,000 trailers in storage nationwide. Several thousand of them were never used. The agency says it plans to sell the ones that suffered a lot of wear and tear from being used by storm victims. As for the never-used trailers, says uh, they don't have any plans to sell those at the moment. Quote, our efforts were not perfect. However, we created an emergency sheltering program that, with all its faults, provided shelter for unparalleled numbers of displaced evacuees, she said. To, ho- to dispose of the used trailers, FEMA is operating an auction through a government website. Earlier this month, the agency had 80 trailers on sale from its Hope Depot, so-called. Bids ranged from $2,105 for a 2006 Coachman of Spirit trailer with a possible water damage and a missing stove grate to $12,000 for a 2005 Thor Colorado trailer with no obvious exterior damage. Hope has the largest stockpile of FEMA trailers, and then they list some of the other places they're they're Stored at FEMA once hoped to be a staging ground during disasters because it's close enough to the Gulf Coast to store the trailers, but far enough inland to be out of harm's way. Um, yeah, that'd be hilarious if a hurricane actually hit there, uh, the place where they were storing the trailers, and they all got destroyed. The city of Hope is making the most of the deal, entering a twenty-five thousand dollar a month contract with FEMA. The mayor says they've got to be somewhere, and we've got the land and the infrastructure out there. It's economically good for the city. A uh, representative in Arkansas says some of the Hope trailers should be sent to wherever, and he says this is a symbol of what is wrong with FEMA and why so many people have lost confidence in their very own government. And as far as I'm concerned, keep at it, FEMA. You just keep screwing things up because, really, FEMA's been one of the most visible examples over the past two years of how government fails at virtually everything it tries. So to that end... They're actually a somewhat valuable government agency <laughs> in that they're, they're easy pickings for the news media. Um, they're easy to tear apart because they keep screwing things up and mm-hmm. botching it up and costing taxpayers bil- millions, if not billions, of dollars. And here they are again, turning around and stabbing the trailer dealers in the back after the, tra- the trailer dealers figured they would help out a little bit and provide trailers at a lower cost. I mean, if FEMA weren't involved, if FEMA were gone, were, were to just disappear 
You know, the FEMA bureaucrat says, well, we provided even with all its faults shelter for unparalleled numbers of displaced evacuees. Well, those that shelter came from private companies. So there's no reason why those private companies couldn't create their own little trailer parks and open up, uh, you know, open up some sort of emergency area for the for these people to come into um, and do it with their own product. That way, at least they'd have their own product to sell out afterwards. It's true. So it, it's not like this couldn't be done anyway. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the phones. It's Tim in Illinois. You take control of the airwaves, Tim. What's on your mind? You're on Free Talk Live. Um. Sorry to go off topic. There's, no problem. There's uh, no need to apologize. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm, ta- I'm calling to talk about the bees from yesterday. Yes, mm. uh, people saying that uh, bees are disappearing to the point of uh, 30 to 40 percent of them just uh, suddenly disappearing. Now, this is a, an uh, Al Gorean, um, as in Al Gore, right. mm-hmm. um, uh, global warming issue uh, that the Green Party is... Uh, is behind. It's it's kind of a their their conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Um, yeah, I think I believe it's kind of it's mostly a conspiracy. Uh, I haven't noticed any uh, trend with um, crops not being uh, crops not coming up, natural uh, crops coming up. Are you a farmer? Flowers being. Uh, no, but I mean, just you know, you go to a market uh, and you don't see any problems. There's still lots of organic vegetables and. Mm-hmm. The number one way that uh, vegetables and fruits uh, stay organic is uh, from the bees, and I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any any uh, loss in that. So farmers haven't been complaining uh, openly, at least, about how they're having a tougher time or anything like that. Well, I think maybe they are, but I think they're having a tougher time because of the government, not really because of a loss in bees. Uh, I, well, the government wouldn't made, have anything uh, to do with their yields. It wouldn't seem like. I mean, that would be a that would be a bee issue. Well, it may, it may have something to do with uh, the environment. That that may be true, but I'm not so sure that uh, the bees are the issue. I think that this is just another, uh, well, maybe not just another, but this is the major Green Party uh, uh, conspiracy to get everyone scared. I, I see where you're coming from. It would be difficult. It would. If if there were a conspiracy involved and somehow they managed to get the article in the New York Times and and uh, you know the, there are people that would say the New York Times is darn close to being a bunch of greenies themselves, mm-hmm. um, right. you know once once you can get your conspiracy to that level, I don't know whether there's a lack of bees or not. I would have to trust the New York Times as to what they're saying. Yes, half of bee populations are just disappearing. I you know I don't know. I have to agree. I have to uh, believe what they say because hell. I don't know any different. I don't know anything about bees. But now, what is it? What is it that they're suggesting? If they're suggesting that half of the population is is just disappearing, what are they suggesting the causes? Nobody knows, right? Right. Has, has uh, anyone speculated? Probably, uh, I've heard it speculation with global warming and that um, the world isn't taking care of what it has. Well, that sounds like that sounds that doesn't make sense. I mean, if global warming is causing the bees to disappear, they they're not just going to disappear. Wouldn't they go somewhere? Wouldn't they migrate to where it's a little bit colder? If that's well, what they're bugged about? Well, maybe they're maybe they uh, they're linking it to them dying off because uh, 
things are a lot different now Polar than they were the year before and the year before. Yeah, it's it, it certainly, I agree with you, it certainly seems like a lot of scare tactics, and uh, I, I'm with you, Tim. Uh, let's let the market handle this, because it's certainly not the something party. the government can solve. Thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. I don't think farming's going to be stopping anytime soon. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, they'll, they'll figure this out. Or we'll all starve. More's on the way. Hour number two coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number two, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That, once again, freetalklive.com. I mentioned last hour that another online pornography distribution banning-style act has been shot down by a federal court. This news uh, broke today. The Associated Press reporting that a federal judge recently dealt another blow to government efforts to control Internet pornography, striking down a 1998 U.S. law that makes it a crime for commercial website operators to let children access harmful material, whatever that is. In the ruling, the judge said parents can protect their children through software filters or other less restrictive means that do not limit the rights of others to free speech. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be angry about this particular decision because it, it, you know, the the news reports making it look like this judge supports porn. Porn, sure. He's, uh, a, he's a dirty old man. Senior U.S. District Judge Lowell Reed Jr. presided over the four-week-long trial last fall, said, quote, Perhaps we do the minors of this country harm if First Amendment protections, which they will with age inherit fully, are chipped away in the name of their protection. The law would have criminalized websites that allow children to access material deemed so-called harmful to minors by contemporary community standards. So just like with the uh, the FCC rules and regulations about what we can and can't say on the air, once again, this this contemporary community standards phrase comes up, which of course has absolutely no meaningful definition. Right. Their sites would have been expected to require a credit card number or other proof of age. Penalties included a $50,000 fine and up to six months in prison. So one way to look at this would be, for instance, if there was a, a porn site, you went to a porno site, and you've got, usually you've got the free preview where they kind of entice you in, and you're, you know, you're supposed to see some of the sample pictures, maybe a few sample video clips of the supposedly large porn collection that's inside the site after you give them your twenty nine ninety five to to get in and get access. For a month, right? Right. So it sounds like what this law wanted was for uh, these websites to put the free preview behind credit card check. Okay. To where, essentially, uh, I mean, presuming that uh, that naked pictures of women or men or sex sexual activity would be deemed harmful to minors by contemporary community standards, and who knows if they would or not, but presuming they would be, then that would mean they'd have to put their entire site behind a password check or behind a uh, credit card check. So all every porn site in the world would, uh, you know, have to be a a blank white page with, with a it. click here to put in your credit card number. Just trust us, you know. <laughs> I I just don't know how well that would work out. I don't I, I don't know. That's it's strange. 
sexual health sites. They figure out something. You can believe that. The online, yeah, they figured out that uh, they were just going to ignore it and <laughs> uh, keep doing what they were doing. Sexual health sites, the online magazine Salon.com and other websites backed by the ACLU challenged the law. They argued that the COPA, the Child Online Protection Act, was unconstitutionally vague and would have a, uh, would have a chilling effect on speech. Now, why can't someone make that argument about the FCC? Because they're doing the exact same thing, except it's worse. With the FCC, it's just words and ideas. There's no graphic photos that can go over transverse the airwaves. Just speaking. Right. So it's well, okay to regulate us because it's been that way. But uh, for the Internet, th- there are actually people standing up for freedom for the Internet. They understand the power of radio. The U.S. Supreme Court upheld a temporary injunction in 2004 on grounds the law was likely to be struck down and was perhaps outdated. Technology experts say parents now have a more serious have now have more serious concerns in websites with pornography. For instance, the threat of online predators has caused worries among parents whose children use social networking sites such as MySpace. The case has, or the Free Talk Live BBS. The case has sparked a legal firestorm last year when Google challenged a Justice Department subpoena seeking information on what people search for online. Government lawyers had asked Google to turn over one million random website addresses and a week's worth of Google search queries. A judge sharply limited the scope of the subpoena, which Google had fought on trade secret, not privacy grounds. To defend the nine-year-old Child Online Protection Act, government lawyers attacked software filters as burdensome and less effective, even though they've previously defended their use in public schools and libraries. Amazing. You can, can you imagine this? The government just sort of shifts and molds its argument according to whatever it wants to happen. What a surprise. Uh, it's, quote, It is not reasonable for the government to expect all parents to shoulder the burden to cut off every possible source of adult content for their children rather than the government's addressing the problem at its source. It's not reasonable to expect all parents to shoulder the burden to cut off every possible source of adult content. You can't expect parents to actually parent their kids. That's what this guy's saying. You parents, you guys can't handle this stuff. You need us to take care of your children. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, what, what's what's amazing? It's just amazing that they would um, they would suggest that parents aren't capable of keeping their kids away when it's really just laziness um, mm-hmm. on their part. If that's what if that's what's going on, um, you know. What I mean, if a parent wants to have their child access these things? Oh, I don't know. It's a little weird. Well, you think it's weird, but uh, I think there are some parents out there that sort of have raised their children with a little bit more sexual openness than other than other parents, and they would be they would have their freedoms restricted upon um, by these particular laws restricting all websites and what they can show. Um, and also, just it, it is absolutely ludicrous for the government to step in here and essentially say, "You parents can't parent. We'll handle the job for you." Critics of the law argued that filters work best because they let the parents set limits based on their own values and their child's age. So, for instance, if you're, I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with these kid uh, banning softwares or whatever, uh, website banning softwares, but you could probably set the the different words that you wanted to ban. Sure. So, therefore, maybe a website with the word breast on it would be allowed as opposed to a website with some certain other words. Uh, the, Lots of them. <laughs> the websites that challenged the law said fear of prosecution, oh, excuse me, the law addressed material accessed by children under 17, but only applied to hosted content in the United States. So therefore, you could still go to some um, freaky porn website that was being hosted in Bulgaria or mm-hmm. something like that. 
So it didn't have any effect on the web in general. The websites that challenged the law said fear of prosecution might lead them to shut down or move their operations offshore beyond the reach of U.S. law. They also said the Justice Department could do more to enforce obscenity laws already on the books. The late 1998 law followed Congress's unsuccessful 1996 effort to ban online pornography. The Supreme Court in 97 deemed key portions of that law unconstitutional because it was too vague and trampled on adults' rights. The newer law narrowed the restrictions to commercial websites and defined indecency more specifically. In that, to, in 2000, Congress uh, passed a law requiring schools and libraries to receive software or use software filters if they receive certain federal funds. That law has been upheld. So, tough battle for uh, the anti-porn zealots in Washington, D.C. They keep losing. Why don't they just throw in the, the towel and uh, go home and... and I don't most, know. Look at some porn. I would think most of them are fueled by the power of this Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You think? And you know that kind of that kind of fervor is just going to keep on going, keep on trucking. Yeah, they'll, they'll just. I guess you're right. They're just going to keep throwing the laws up against the wall and see if finally some judge somewhere in the federal courts will say, "Yeah, okay, it's a good law." It, That's what they're looking for, right? It is. Um, you know, it's interesting to me the um, the the I, the thought process behind uh, people that think like this. The um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm going out on a limb and saying that these are mostly religious zealots. I don't know it to be true. I think you're probably right. There I'm are some feminists. Guessing. There are some um, rabid feminists that are also anti-pornography. I, but you're right for the most part. I, it, it seems to me that you would be protecting women's rights by allowing them to, uh, to pose naked. Yes. But that's my that's I just agree with my you. opinion. Um, it's the, the Christians that I don't quite understand is because, you know, Jesus came to, uh, he, he came out against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the people that were making rules that pe- other people had to follow. These were the lawmakers, the people who took their religion and applied it to law. These are the people he said were pious and full of themselves and sanctimonious. And, uh, you know, he spoke out against them. God gave Adam and Eve the choice in the garden mm. whether or not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These people... He also are... made them naked. <laughs> he did make them naked. And it wasn't a sin. Somehow it became a sin later. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what was after they ate the apple? Wasn't that when they put clothes on or they put the little... Not an apple, my friend. I'm telling Damn you. Damn it. Quince. 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 That's what it is. Yes. Um, uh, well, that, that's when they realized their nakedness and they were ashamed. Right. See, 800-259-9231, it's okay to be naked. And sex, I mean, if he didn't want people to have sex, then why would he have made those parts fit together so nicely? Hmm, things that make you go, hmm, of course I don't believe in all that anyway. 800-259-9231, you bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything so free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. So Freeline, Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And you will know first if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on said list. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. 
Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. So we're talking about um, freedom of speech in that we're addressing what happened, I guess, in court uh, last week. Uh, It was getting reported on this week that a federal judge has overturned pretty much the entire 1998 Child Online Protection Act, also known as COPA, which originally was intended to keep children safe from the porn on the Internet. Because you know how kids are. They go out and they look at porn because, well, that's what kids do. They and are going to do it, I, I, I must say. Given given the opportunity, I, I somebody had a uh, porn magazine, I think it was six years old, maybe seven, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they were different back then. You couldn't uh, you couldn't see the variety of porn <laughs> um, in 1977 that you can these days. It's true. Um, but it nonetheless, it, you consumed it at a young age. Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, and people will continue to do that, and and it won't matter. I mean, even if this law were to be upheld, even if the Child Online Protection Act were to have been uh, upheld and enforced, it still wouldn't stop kids from getting porn. The, the more resourceful, of course, would get our, get access to their parents' credit card numbers or whatever, and uh, they'd go and and put a put the credit card number in, and th- it doesn't know otherwise if it's an adult or not an adult. So uh, they'd get access to the site, download a bunch of porn, put it up on a, an FTP website, and let everybody else in the world download it. Of course, peer-to-peer sharing, file sharing, that of course is a, a major way that a lot of porn is spread on the internet. No way to stop that. As soon as it gets outside of the the boundaries of the the password-locked website, it's anybody's game. Yeah, it's illegal to send those pictures if they're not your pictures to send around, but that doesn't stop anyone from doing it. Heck, some some porn sites even steal porn from other porn websites and then resell it on their own websites. I mean, that's how far this stuff goes. They do. So, good luck putting a stop to this. You can just keep passing as many laws as you want. And, of course, this COPA Act only affected websites here in the United States. And I doubt that anytime soon anybody's going to put forward a law that suggests that only people in the United States should be able to access websites in the United States. I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. So if you can't turn off the rest of the world's servers, what do you what do you expect to really change? A really questionable porn website that's hosted now in the United States under this law would have had to have moved. That's all. They would have just taken their operations to some country that doesn't give a flip. Or some country that uh, you know is paid off by the the mafia, right? Or and, something like and, that. And even if it's in another country, that doesn't mean the internet isn't just for America. Americans can all um, access inter- the internet all around the world. So yep. there's nothing you could do about this. Right. It's it's much ado about very little. You can't really have an effect on the distribution of internet pornography. You know, pass as many laws as you want. And I'd like to hear from you if some if you're someone who thinks that laws like the Child Online Protection Act are a good thing. If you're someone who disagrees with me uh, and you think that these can actually be effective, I would like to hear from you. Honestly, hey, hey, please make your case. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. You know, I, 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 there's, there's nothing you're going to do to be able to stop Internet porn. It's well, the biggest in, in, industry on the Internet. Now, since we're talking about freedom of speech, let's talk about a different type of uh, obscenity, if you will. France is a little bit concerned with a certain types of video footage that are being posted to the Internet. Video footage, and I guess in some cases, photographs. It doesn't have anything to do with nudity, 
but it does have to do with violence. A new law in France, according to the AP, makes it a crime. You want to talk about a, a stunning, chilling law that uh, outlaws freedom of speech? It's a crime now, according to this French, uh, French law, punishable by up to five years in prison. Wow, five years. For anyone who is not a professional journalist to film real-world violence and distribute the images on the Internet. What if I have a blog? It is a crime for anyone who's not a professional journalist to film real-world violence and distribute the images on the Internet. I'm betting they're going to exclude bloggers from this. Okay, well, what if um, on my blog site I sell an ad for $1? So you're a professional? You're making money? I'm just wondering. Critics call it a clumsy, near-totalitarian effort by authorities to battle happy slapping, the youth fad filming violent acts, which almost often, or which most often they've provoked themselves, and spreading the images on the web or between mobile phones. The measure, trucked, uh, tucked deep into a vast anti-crime law that took effect Wednesday, took media advocates by surprise with what they say is an undesirable side effect, and that is trampling on freedom of expression. Experts said the law is the first of its kind in Europe. France made headlines years ago by ordering U.S.-based company online uh, Yahoo to pay a fine of about $15 million for displaying Nazi memorabilia for sale in violation of French law. I wonder if Yahoo ever paid that fine. <laughs> I would have told them, oh, no, that's okay. Experts said the laws for the Good is, luck with that. <laughs> yeah, it's the first of its kind in Europe. France made headlines years ago by ordering. Oh, I said that the new provision takes on happy slapping, a phenomenon whose name belies the gravity of the attacks. It mostly involves youths, and the victims are often strangers. Violators of the law passed in Parliament on February will be subject up to five years in prison and nearly a hundred U.S. a hundred thousand U.S. dollars in fines. It was championed by some bureaucrat who's a top contender in the France's presidential election. Uh, the law was published in the government's official journal, bringing it into effect after the Constitutional Council gave it its final approval over the weekend. Now, I can I can imagine that people are uh, – this happy slapping is – It sounds horrible. Yeah, it sounds like a horrible thing. I, I, I would really hate to have something like that done to me or uh, a loved one, but I don't know that they're going to be able to stop it with this law of theirs. League Odebi, an association that seeks to protect freedom of expression on the Internet, said the measure will also hinder citizens' abilities to expose police uh, brutality. And I'm sure the police departments are really upset about that side effect. Uh, Quote, this makes France the Western country that most infringes on freedom of expression and information, particularly on the Internet, the group said in a statement on its website. Uh, Identifying uploaders of such images would require the creation of a totalitarian surveillance of the net, said the group. They noted that the council's approval Saturday fell on the anniversary of March 3, 1991, beating of motorist Rodney King by LAPD in a scene captured on amateur video, a case that sparked a national outcry in the United States. The French law says that anyone who, quote, knowingly films illegal acts of violence and distributes the images can be considered an accomplice, but that professional journalists are exempt. Hmm. French authorities have been seeking new ways to combat youth violence after a wave of rioting, car burnings, and and violence in mostly poor neighborhoods in France recently. Media advocacy group Reporters Without Borders said it understood the government's need to crack down on happy slapping, but feared the law draws a dangerous distinction that would punish regular citizens for doing what journalists are allowed to do. Quote, the sections of this law supposedly dealing with happy slapping, in fact, have a much broader scope. Posting videos online showing violence against people could now be banned, even if it were the police carrying out the violence. You know, if these people are committing violence um, on video, they're convicting themselves. Arrest them for assault. Apparently that's not far enough. 
More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Do you support a law like this? This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get you to it over 1,200 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom, smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. 1-800-259-9231. Let's shift gears over into the email box here from Mike. He says, gentlemen, greetings and salutations from California, the great state that wants to mandate which light bulbs we can use because we don't have any other important or pressing issues to deal with. Also, if you haven't heard, we also have two other equally important bills recently introduced for our protection. One is compulsory voter registration for all high school graduates as a condition to receiving their diploma by Assemblyman Joe Kotos. The other is a ban on all forms of corporal punishment by parents. This would include spankings and or verbal admonishment. For a child's poor behavior, punishment could include fines and or jail time. Now, for the reason of this little note, I have just started listening to you boys, and I like a lot of what I hear. I agree with many of the issues you are for or against, like letting businesses do their thing without overregulation, lower taxes, and much, much less government intrusion into our lives. However, However. <laughs> there are a few things that you guys espouse that scare the crap out of me. I can get it. I, believe me, this is where I came from, I suspect. I hope it's just ignorance or a misunderstanding of your points of view, but some of your math oh, I think not. <laughs> isn't adding up for me. It seems to me you're advocating a very every man for himself or a let-only-the-strong-survive type of society. I can't imagine how a country could survive for very long with that type of societal system in place. So I was hoping you fellows could take a moment or two and explain, in a nutshell, of course, how America would be if the libertarian philosophy held sway over the country. If you could, please describe how America could defend itself with a system of no taxes to pay for a defense system. Also, what of those who by no fault of their own are incapable of providing for themselves? Should we just say, hey, life's a bitch, deal with it? Um, give, give the points to me one at a time, if you would, please. Okay. So he's concerned about, uh, are we advocating an every man for himself or let only the strong survive type of society? No, we are not. This is not social Darwinism. Maybe to some extent on the uh, drug issue, you know, if you're going to do drugs till they kill you, okay. Goodbye. Okay. Uh, you know, if you've really got it in your mind that that's what you're going to do, you're going to do, uh, is, is it when you mix heroin and cocaine, speedballing? I don't know. Maybe. I, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, that crap. Kills people, okay? Yeah. Really, really. It will. I swear to God. It'll kill you. If you're going to do speedballs until you die, okay. Then then maybe there's that level of social Darwinism and libertarianism. I don't know And what... we would allow people to kill themselves voluntarily. Sure, I they mean, want to, yeah. If, yeah, um, as long as you don't damage anybody else's property. You could also... If you jump off a, a, a building and you land on somebody's car and ruin it, I, I'd like to see the money taken out of your estate. Yeah. Um, you know, what I want to know is how you go from... I mean, we. But the message I promote, and you do to an extent, is that... 
violence isn't an, an appropriate way to solve problems, and how it is that you could take that concept and extrapolate it into meaning that we believe only the strong should survive, I don't understand. Where is that connection made? Uh, uh, all I'm advocating is a shift from what we currently have, and that is a system where, well, the strong take the reins of power and then right. use the, the reins of power to <laughs> lord, over, the, the, uh, lord over the, the people weak. they don't like. Um, I mean, uh, one could argue that we're in a system where the strong certainly have um, benefits compared to the weak right. um, in, in the form of governmental power. But all I'm advocating is figuring out ways for the marketplace to handle the same services and things that people take for granted from government. So you're used to getting certain things from government like roads to drive on, schools to send kids to, that sort of thing. My, my, I'm, I'm simply saying, why does that need to be coercively funded? Why is it we can't figure out a way to fund these things on a voluntary basis? Right. If indeed these are so valuable, if indeed these are so wonderful, and you know they're valuable, when you talk about taking the government out of the school system, people go crazy. They think, oh no, you want to get rid of schools. No, 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 no. I don't want to get rid of schools. I think school's great. I think education is a wonderful thing. It's just, it's just I don't think the it way be in the hands of the state. Right. The way public school does education is such a bad idea that they have to threaten to take my house away if I don't want to pay for it. Right. That's what happens if you don't pay your property taxes, and most of those go for education. That's correct. Uh, then you know they're going to give your they're going to auction your house off, and somebody's going to say, "Hey, I own your house now," and they're going to bring the cops to kick you off of your land, and that's a mess. Now, what's his um, his uh, individual points? Okay, next one. He says, uh, "Explain how America would be if the libertarian philosophy held sway over the country," and then he gets into de to defense. But right, that's well, it's difficult to say what what America would be like because America is so diverse already. Well, I could answer the question. I mean, by by definition, of course, we argued about the definition of libertarianism, but I mean, certainly we both agree that cutting the government way, way down is something we, we all we want. Correct. Um, probably most of our listeners want. And so if libertarianism held sway, if this, this particular philosophy held sway over the rest of the country, it would mean that it had become a popular idea. And so you just simply have to imagine most people coming to the realization that they should be taking care of their own lives, um, looking to themselves, their friends and their family mem uh, members to solve problems instead of looking to mommy government. And uh, there'd be a, I think there'd be a, a much higher percentage of personal responsibility in uh, a libertarian there be, society. There would be stronger family and so, so, um, social ties because people couldn't uh, participate in deviant behavior and then expect to be taken care of by their uh, friends and family. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Like smoking a lot of cigarettes or something? Uh, or? Maybe smoking a lot of cigarettes. Uh, probably looking at child porn on the internet. Okay. I mean, are are you gonna? Your uncle has one leg, but likes to look um look at child porn on the internet. You're probably not gonna feel as loving towards that guy as you would if he just had one leg and he, you know he liked to uh, be nice to little old ladies. Yeah. Um. It's you know it's it's a different kind of thing. So you would be. That what if he was looking at old lady porn? That's what I want. Disincentivized. I really don't have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> he would be disincentivized to uh, be quite so deviant. I think that there would be stronger social and family ties. Absolutely. So if the libertarian philosophy held sway over the country, most people would believe that they're responsible for their own lives, and that'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Okay, he says if you could describe how America could defend itself with a system of no taxes to pay for a defense system. Now, Mark, well, what, you believe in a, a government defense system. I do. You you don't really. I think it's absurd. I think that uh, if you hold the belief that the marketplace can provide things at a cheaper 
uh, rate and at a more effective, efficient uh, way, in a more efficient way than the government can, then you must support market-based defense, in which case it'd be very simple to do. Um, People who wanted to defend and purchase defensive services would purchase those services from people in search of profit that would offer those services. I mean, is that too confusing? Uh, The money's there. There's money out there for defense. There are people that are demanding that sort of protection. I would think a lot of people are demanding that. I mean, the the marketplace has this magical ability to organize itself. You know, like people who want to sell books, they manage to buy books from people who put together businesses to put books together. And the people who put together businesses to put books together have bought paper and they bought bindings and they bought glue from people who put together businesses to build, to print paper and make glue and stuff. I mean, all of this happens on its own. Uh, There are these just thousands and thousands and millions of people out there doing different things, division of labor, making different products that all go together to make the wonderful things that we purchase on a daily basis and completely take for granted the process that it took to put a simple book in your hands or to, you know, or to put a laptop computer on your desk. Uh, These are things that the marketplace can easily handle. If they can handle that, they can handle defense. I'm I'm some, somewhat skeptical about the whole defense idea and people right, paying. Centralization all of a sudden works when it comes to the military. You know, that's Absurd. that's probably the strongest point that you can make is that uh, that if um, if you think that go- uh, small government works, then um, but you think that it only government can handle this this one particular issue. Like this issue is so important, we need government for it, but we don't need government to solve all the other issues. That's sort it's, of that's your incons- best point. That's inconsistency, um, certainly. And I, I, the the way I would defend that is I would say that uh, humans are inconsistent creatures. So you know you need a government to. So uh, you're guilty as charged. Right. Fine. Eight hundred two five nine. I will explain what I see as a fine. good way to defend America. Okay. Looking forward to that. Your calls as well about uh, maybe your vision for the libertarian America. Maybe you've got some answers for Mike in California. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the toll free number. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all of the features are totally free. Enjoy them. They're on us. We give them away. That We do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at amazon.freetalklive.com. Forty categories of products. The world's largest internet retailer. Um, you can buy it. If, if they sell it somewhere in the world, odds are good Amazon carries it. There's so much product for sale at Amazon. Great prices, great free super saver shipping deals on many of their products. And, again, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase if you enter through that link, amazon.freetalklive.com. Also, you want Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats? Amazon doesn't have those. We've got them at our store, and that's at store.freetalklive.com. Shirts, hats, the free marketeer flag, free bumper stickers, also the classic archive DVD collector sets, all available, and high-quality merchandise, not crap. So take a look-see at store.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, we're talking about defense, because one of our emailers is a little bit concerned with uh, the message that he has sort of gotten from listening to the show, somehow has misinterpreted some of the things we've said, maybe he hasn't been listening a lot, uh, quite long enough. And so we're, we're, go- we're clarifying our positions clarifying, on, on, yeah. on right. the, uh, this whole defense thing. I mean, he asked specifically for clarification. It's not like he was making accusations right. or anything. Now, we, um, 
Now, as I pointed out, I'm not for coercive funding of anything, so I can't possibly be for coercively funding the military. Um, and I'd like to know what you said you wanted to share your solution for um, whatever from going from what we have today to what Mark's world would be. Right. Well, my world would be a simple, small government libertarianism. It's uh, there's lots of people out there that believe this philosophy. I, essentially, I would take the uh, all the troops that we have in what what is it 140 nations? 144, I believe. 144 nations out of the 190 something nations there on the world. I mean, a good percentage of the nations we've got troops in. We have. Uh, 700 bases or something like that around the world that's a lot of bases so would defense look like it does now no because defense like we have now looks a lot like offense it looks like total world domination um yeah it looks like that way to me yeah i mean you you could spin it any way you want basically our philosophy is the world must be completely under our control otherwise we're not safe you mean the u.s government yeah that's uh, the u.s government's philosophy yeah I say we revert to a pre-World War I stance and pull all our troops back um, into the borders. We maintain an army. and uh, um, How are you going to pay for it? What's that? How are you going to pay for it? Um, simple. You uh, tax corporations. Oh, okay. Because corporations are uh, fiction. So um, that way I can't get fictions. away from it, huh? What's that? So that way I can't avoid paying the taxes then, basically. You wouldn't. Me um, as somebody who opposes uh, a coercively funded uh, apparatus. It's not coercively funded. It. You wouldn't. Uh, you would not have to uh, incorporate if you didn't want to pay them. Oh, really? So okay. So you're okay, sole proprietor, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I wanted to employ people and that sort of thing, I wouldn't have to actually form corporations. Lots of sole proprietors employ, employ people. Okay. Um, a, a corporation affords you a certain amount of uh, of protection in the world, um, like legal protections. Mm-hmm. Um, they bother it bothers me a little bit, but um, you know, since the government allows the creation of corporations, the corporations can allow the government to tax them. I see. Um, it would give uh, the sole proprietor uh, a, an advantage in the marketplace. Would you cut the size of the military while oh, you're at it? It, it, it? Incredibly. Okay. Um, I I don't see any reason why we need all those things. I mean, how many how many nuclear wars do we have to fight at once? How many um, nuclear submarines do we need? I don't know. I, a lot, apparently, how many um, how many aircraft carriers do we need? It seems like I say none. It, well, I, th- I think we need aircraft carriers, but you know, look at all the countries in the world that don't have them. They're doing okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's because Costa Rica doesn't have a military at all. That's because we protect them. I mean, essentially, Supposedly. we we are the world. Well, protect them and uh, to our <laughs> ends. But the shipping lanes are clear for Costa Rica to ship to uh, yeah. Singapore because the United States should keeps the U.S. Them clear. military um, keep shipping lanes clear. No. Absolutely not. Okay. If you want to keep shipping lanes so clear. So when you say in the country, you mean in the country. Darn right? close to it. I don't think boats should be heading out uh, more than a um, couple hundred miles uh, to protect anything. Gotcha. Um, I've got a real problem with Hawaii in general um, as a state. I, I would leave it up to the Hawaiians at this point, what they wanted to do, um, then you know protect them. What if uh, what if states started to secede? What if uh, your what if what your vision? Um, it, you've outlined here comes to fruition, mm-hmm. and Mark is elected president. And some of the some states like Vermont, maybe New Hampshire, C- California, they decide you know they don't really they don't even want to participate in this system, and and they're seceding. Um, what if you know 12 out of the 50 states secede? Does I, that have any effect? I, I don't see that it does. I mean, there may there may be some issues as far as uh, you know geographically if. Uh, Obviously, um, you know it would be it would be advantageous if uh, Hawaii and <laughs> Alaska decided to secede because it would be easier. Of course, um, Alaska has a lot of oil reserves. That might be a little bit of problem. But the government doesn't need to be concerned about oil reserves. 
That's the problem of the oil companies. The government needs to be um, concerned with maintaining order and protecting uh, the citizens from harm from outside forces. Yeah, well, that's presuming government can do those things. That's assuming that it could. I would argue it uh, it can't. I, I understand you would you would argue that, but essentially, I would uh, shrink uh, the military's purview, therefore shrinking the military. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, uh, I'll go with you that far. And uh, you know, I'll go I think much that further. the United States was blessed with a really great geographic location. I, I imagine uh, you basically you can't take over a country without boots on the ground. Can't do it. You might be able to bomb that country from the air. Um, you might be able to sh- shoot big uh, ballistic projectiles in from the water, but you cannot take over land without boots on the ground. Right, and, and if you bomb it too much, then you're just taking over scorched earth. We have two incredibly large allies, um, large uh, geographically, on, on either side. That's it. The United States is only bordered by two countries, yeah. Mexico, Canada, and neither one of them coming across this border to invade us. Um, the probably the biggest concern, and I believe this is just entirely the saber, saber rattles, rattlers out there worried about things, is China or um, North North uh, Korea. It's absurd to believe that China is going to be attacking the United right. States. Right. What are they going to come over on? Yeah. Why would they? Uh, this million-person uh, army well, that they, they have. How would they benefit? How would China benefit from Not attacking the United States? No. I mean, they they wouldn't. All of a sudden, Walmart would pull all their contracts, and it'd be it'd be over. How would the um, how would the uh, Islam, uh, you know, the, the Islamic countries over there, how would they benefit by attacking us if we well, weren't over the their land? Now, the paranoid people would say that they want to destroy all the Western civilization. The paranoid people would say that, and then, come on, bring it on. You want to destroy our Western civilization? Come on. Yeah, where is it? I mean, they're not doing it yet. Yeah. They could if they wanted to. And I don't see why they would come bother us um, for our land here across an ocean. Uh, they would have to, uh, we would certainly know that they were up to it because... We would see that what they did to Europe, because yeah. Europe's a heck of a lot closer in the process. Yep, exactly. I think we have plenty, and of, pretty westernized plenty of a buffer in between. And um, all those Islamic people would see the advantage of Western culture. They'd see, wow, that's some really great stuff over there. The Iranians love us. The Iranian government, not so much. It's, that tends to be how it is. Absolutely how, how it is. is. So it's um, what they would see is, hey, we could have things like the United States, and over time, that's how their governments would evolve, well, or Mark, they'd have um, revolutions, and, and that's what they'd get. Mike's final question is... But I can a, see why they hate America now. Right. I mean, we essentially occupy every country in the Middle East. I'd hate that, too. Yeah. If if, I, would, I mean, uh, just imagine if the Chinese were over here occupying. I'd how would we build, feel about that I'd crap? probably be building IEDs and stuff. Yeah, if the, if the Chinese were just uh, r- roaming around in our country like they own the place? Heck, if the military was roaming around in the our Chinese country. Chinese military, I mean. Uh, also, what if those who, by no fault of their own, are incapable of providing for themselves? Should we just say, hey, life's a bitch, deal with it, says Mike? What about those who cannot provide for themselves? Just want to let them die in the streets? Well, um, this is the most uh, generous country on the face of the earth. Um, the uh, Katrina situation uh, outlined that. The tsunami situation outlined that. The 9-11 situation outlined that. If there's a problem, Americans are more than happy to step up come out of their pocket to help solve that problem. If you're talking about a person, I'm sure that there would be lots of organizations, um, religious and otherwise, that would be very interested in taking care of people that couldn't take care of themselves. Legitimate ones. You now, be- I think that our current welfare citizen system um, uh, causes citizens to kind of become incapable of taking care of themselves when really they are not. Because they want to get a check. Yeah, they, they just want to check. Now, um, 
in regards to this, to even ask a question like that belies a presumption right. uh, that this person's making, that Mike is making, and that is that people in America are bad, bad people, and that if left to their own volition, they would ignore the pleas of help from those who needed it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absurd. And even if that's true, even if even if what you believe is true, then what you're making is an argument against government welfare. You're making an argument against government in general. Right. Because if people are indeed as bad as you you are suggesting that they are with a question like that, they will abuse the system. Why on earth would you want to give them the reins of power? Right. Why? They, they would abuse the system by um, the, the bad people. People are bad, right? So they're going to abuse the system that you put in place. They're um, in search of power, too. Uh, and They people, want it. Yeah, people are going to be on the inside, and they're going to be giving uh, funds to people that shouldn't be get the, getting them, and then keeping them from people who should, because yep. people are bad. That's what you're assuming. People are bad. But they're not, in people my opinion, callous, at least. People I, are mean. I don't think that's the case. I think people care about people, especially those who are in dire circumstances. I've got and evidence. are more than willing to help out. And right. that would happen to a, a much bigger extent if people were allowed to keep the money they earn. Hour three's on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching in hour number three, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they would like to charge you for access to their websites. We do it for free. Freetalklive.com. Well, there's an absurd new law that was unfortunately passed here in the state of New Hampshire having to do with balloons. We'll get into that here in a few moments. But even more absurd is a story you've got, Mark, or certainly right up there with it, is someone who was punished pretty severely for an an incident involving a push or a shove? It's looking that way. Um, From the Chicago Tribune, Paris, Texas, Public fair. Um, it, it sort of goes into the background on this a little bit, but apparently a um, a 14 year old girl uh, um, got seven years in prison for pushing a hall monitor. Whoa! Pushing. The public fairgrounds in the small East Texas town look ordinary enough, like so many other well worn county fair sites across the nation, unless you know the history of the place. There's no plaques or markers to note it, but several of the most notorious public lynchings of Black Americans in the late 19th and early 20th centuries were staged the Paris, Texas fairgrounds, where thousands of white spectators would gather to watch and cheer as black men were dragged in, onto the scaffold, scalded with hot irons, oh finally burned or um, burned to death or hanged. Well, Brenda, that's horrible. Yeah, it is pretty horrible. Brenda Cherry, a local civil rights activist, can see the fairgrounds from the front yard of her modest home in the heart of the black side of the starkly segregated town of 26,000. If the town's so bad for people that are black, why do they stay? I've always wondered Did this. it say it was bad for them now? I think it was talking That's, about way in the past, right? Oh, well, let me go on. And lately, Cherry says she's begun to wonder whether it's the racist legacy of those lynchings is rebounding in a place that uh, calls itself the best little town in Texas. Some of the things that <laughs> happen, here, <laughs> happen here would not happen if they were in Dallas or Houston, Cherry says. They happen because we're in this closed town. I compare it to the 1930s. There's the 19-year-old white man convicted last July of criminally negligent homicide for killing a 54-year-old black woman and her 3-year-old grandson with his truck who was sentenced in Paris to probation and required to send an annual Christmas card to the victim's family. (gasps) What an insult. Yeah, that's insulting. 
There are the Paris Public Schools, which are under um, investigation by the U.S. Department of Education after repeated complaints that administrators discipline black students more frequently and more harshly than they do white students. Oh, my. Then there is the case that um, most troubles Cherry and leaders of the Texas NAACP involving a 14-year-old black freshman, Shaquanda Cotton, who shoved a hall monitor in Paris uh, at, a par- at Paris High School in a dispute over entering the building before the school day had officially begun. Mm. The youth had no prior arrest record. Well, at 14, let's hope not. <laughs> in the hall monitor, a 58-year-old teacher's aide was not seriously injured, but Shaquanda was tried in March 2006 in the town's juvenile court. Convicted of assault on a public servant and sentenced uh-huh. by Lamar County um, Judge Chuck Superville to a prison sentence of up to seven years until she, or until she turn or until she turns twenty one. Excuse me. Wow. You know, Mark, um, this isn't a race issue. This is a matter of government people are better than the rest of us. Uh, well, that that is partially it, but I'd say race is involved in here to some extent. From was what, she white? The old lady. The way this white? story is written. Uh, yes. Okay. Just three months earlier. Yes, Super- there is a race. I'm just, I was kidding about that. Yes. Um, I mean, it's outrageous that a man could murder a couple of people and get probation, and this one, sh- uh, this young lady shoves a person. There's no actual damage done beyond maybe a, a, a little bit of hurt feelings, and she's in prison for seven years? Yep. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not defending the shoving, uh, but... I'm not defending the shoving either, but when you compare it to the guy who uh, they have a really convincing people. story here, and this is the Chicago Tribune. It's not okay. some crappy little paper out of nowhere. Just three months earlier, Superville sentenced another 14-year-old girl, this one white, convicted of arson for burning down her family's home to probation. <laughs> All Shaquanda did. This is the same judge, same, same age, guy. same gender. White one got black. probation. Yep. Shaquanda, um, all Shaquanda did was grab somebody, and she will be in jail for five or six years, said Gary Bledsoe, an Austin attorney who um, is president of the state NAACP Sounds like it's time to hang a judge to me. Well, I don't know if that's, uh, I I don't think violence is going to solve this. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's like they're sending That's how I'd be feeling if I were them. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid that I would probably feel uh, uh, cheated, too. It's like they're sending a signal to black folks in Paris that you better stay in your place in this community, in the shadows, and intimidated. The Tribune generally does not identify criminal suspects younger than age 17, but is doing so in this case because the girl and her family have chosen to go public with their story. Good for them. None of the officials involved in Shaquanda's case, including the local prosecutor, the judge, and Paris uh, school district administrators, would agree to speak about their handling of it, citing a court appeal underway. Sure, sure. They always do that crap. But th- why, why would they want to defend their own actions? Right, they don't, they have, don't to. have to. But the, de- but the teen's defenders... Sure, you're paying them, but they don't have to. Right. The teens' defenders assert that long before the September 2005 shoving incident, Paris school officials targeted Shaquanda for scrutiny because her mother had frequently accused school officials of racism. Retaliation alleged. Um, Shaquanda started getting written up a lot after her mother became involved in a protest march in front of the school, said Sharon Rainerson, an attorney with Lone Star Legal Aid, who is representing Shaquanda during the challenges of several of the disciplinary citations she received. Some of the write-ups weren't fair to her or accurate, so we felt that we had to challenge each one to get the whole story. Uh, I'd like to say this is a si- sort of one-sided story, but it's that way for a reason. Because the officials... They won't talk. The officials refuse to talk. And I'd like to, I'd like if, to interject on that point. Uh, here in Keene, we, we know Russell Canning, the publisher of the Keene Free Press, mm-hmm. and one of the ways that he is sort of approaching the news here in Keene is he allows the people to write their own news story. Mm-hmm. So if you're being oppressed by the government in some way, and right now there's a, a, 
an outrageous story about a, a man who's being held in so-called contempt of court because he won't reveal the locations, the whereabouts of his son, who happens to be with his wife in some other state. They fled the state because the government is, is persecuting them. There were some allegations three years ago of uh, some child abuse going on, and this guy is being held in so-called contempt on what was originally a 30-day sentence, has been there for over six months now. And um, there no, there's no sign of them ever planning on letting this man out until he gives the judge what he has demanded, and that is the whereabouts of his son, hmm. who is uh, who is age 16 and fully capable of making his own uh, his own decisions. And his his son has already come out with a statement that says he's not being he was not being abused. But anyway, in this story, it's the same sort of situation where Russell Canning is allowing this family to tell their story, and Russell says, "Hey, if the government wants to say something about this, we'll publish that too." But they don't. They don't want to say anything. So it's going to be look. It's going to look like one-sided news, and that's fine by him. He's he's got his paper open to where the government can comment. Right. The government could have a statement, but they don't want to. So it's just going to make them look worse and worse, and and more and more tyrannical. Among the write-ups that Shaquanda received, according to Reinerson, were citations for wearing a shirt. Shirt. Can't have me, that in a, school. A skirt that was an inch too short. Pouring too much. Paint into a cup. Oh, I bet during... there aren't any. I bet there aren't any teeny teeny bopper white hose wearing short skirts around that school. No, of course not. Pour that going on. I love this one. Pouring too much paint into a cup during art class, defacing a desk that school officials later conceded bore no signs of damage. Shaquanda's mother, um, wow. Criola Cotton, does not dispute that her daughter can behave impulsively and was sometimes guilty of tardiness or speaking out of turn at school. Behaviors that um, she said were manifestations of Shaquanda's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, for which the teen was uh, taking prescription medication. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't even know. The fact is, some kids act out, and that's the way that is, and I don't think that we need to put them in jail. Certainly not. Nor does Shaquanda herself deny that she pushed the hall monitor after the teacher's aide refused her permission to enter the school before the morning bell. Although Shaquanda maintains that she was supposed to have um, been allowed to visit the school nurse to take her medication and that the teacher's aide pushed her first. Hmm. I wonder how that went, but either way. Cherry alleges that Shaquanda's frequent disciplinary write-ups and the insistence of school officials at her trial that she deserved prison rather than probation for for the shoving incident fits in a larger pattern of systemic discrimination against black students in the Paris Independent School District. I'd say it it, it, it certainly sounds that way. If yep. you're talking about prison sentence for pushing somebody who received no injuries from I it... I believe it. Um, and you're talking about a school administrator. I mean, it's a hall monitor. Uh, but a hall monitor and a 14-year-old girl? Yeah. Like, you don't understand how to take care of kids. Racism is alive and well in America. And I, this is a totally believable story. And it's very sad. In the past five years, black parents have filed at least a dozen discrimination complaints against the school district with the uh, Federal Education Department, asserting that their children, who constitute 40% of the district's nearly 4,000 students, were singled out for excessive discipline. Here's an interesting question, and I doubt it's answered in the article, but if the students are 40% black, presumably the population's probably a good percentage black, what percentage of administrative bureaucrats are black? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Your show, you take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. This is Free Talk Live, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives and entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go get them. They're free at freetalklive.com. 
Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like a will, living trust, a corporation, or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. So we're talking about a disturbing story out of some little town in Texas or smallish city or whatever it is. And you do know that if I was king that we would change the name of this town, right? Right, because you don't like duplicate uh, duplicate. Ca- Nowhere uh, in the world would there be two cities called the same thing. What if it was? Uh, what if you just add an S onto the end of it, like Paris? Would that be different enough? Or it would, would be there different be enough. Rules. Okay. Um, so anyway, this is bad news. This town. The it's par- it's apparently pretty divided on racial lines. This apparently back in the, in history was where a number of the worst lynchings of black people ever happened in the history of uh, of America, if not Texas. And so it's got a pretty it's a town with a pretty despicable past and apparently still full of despicable racist individuals who and I know there's racists on both sides I'm sure this particular story is about white racists attacking a young black girl who happened to um get into a a bit of a tissy with the school crossing guard and or one of the hall monitors or whatever and she shoved the hall monitor right. which she admitted to doing she, you know, that got into I think it. That, I think that her punishment ought to fit her, um, her crime. crime in this case, or, you know, the Which, the according to the wrong. judge, is seven years in prison. Seven years in prison for pushing a 58-year-old hall monitor, a school official? The same judge. The girl's 14. The same judge who, as you pointed out, sentenced another 14-year-old white girl to probation mm-hmm. for burning her parents' house down. Yeah. So, it seems like there's a big discrepancy there. Seems to me like you've got a serious problem with institutionalized racism amongst this particular town's government. And a lot of governments have this problem. It's just that this, this is an explicitly bad problem. So let's continue the story from the Chicago Tribune. So um, regarding all of the, uh, the black parents saying that, uh, the, uh, that they had a dozen discrimination complaints filed against the school district, an attorney for the school district, Dennis Eckelbaum, said that the education department had determined that all of the complaints were unfounded. The department has explained that the school district... What's has your color, complainant? <laughs> Unfounded. I don't think you have to make any guesses when the girl's name is Shaquanda. Um, has uh, explained that the school district has not and does not discriminate, and that the school oh, district no. has been a leader and very progressive. No, no, the district doesn't discriminate because there is no such thing as the school district. There are only the individuals who are running the school district. So it's fair to claim that the district doesn't discriminate. That's like saying the tree outside of my house doesn't discriminate. Uh, yeah, okay. But the people who are running it, those individuals, absolutely, they're scumbags. Well, I don't know for sure, but there, there's a lot of questions here. I mean, the idea of putting a, a girl, a 14-year-old girl in prison for seven years for who could pushing that? somebody, it's nuts. Who could support it? I, and, and, and they don't even want to defend themselves. No. They won't even comment on it. No, but they will comment on the uh, the the discrimination cases that have been logged against oh, the yes, school district. Oh yes, we're wonderful. We're, we're very progressive when it comes to race relations, and there's no validity to the allegations that yes, have been made by the complainants. Yes, we're progressing in uh, they're progressing in in, in in that they're advancing the sentences of the people that they are uh, are attacking. That's right. The, the sentences are progressively getting bigger. Yes, it's going from six to seven to eight years. But the uh, federal investigations of the school district district are not so clear. And they're not finished. In one 2004 finding, education department officials determined that black students at the Paris Middle School were being written up for disciplinary infractions more than twice as often as white students and eight times as often in one category, class disruption. The education department asked the U.S. Justice Department to try to mediate disputes between black parents and the district, but the school officials pulled out of the process late um, last Uh, December before uh, it was concluded. 
Why? I don't know. I don't know, but We're I can tell that it's suspicious. We're not satisfied with this mediation. In September, excuse me, in April 2006, the education department notified Paris school officials that is opening a new comprehensive review to determine whether the district discriminated against African American students on the basis of race between 2004 and 2006. Ah, we didn't discriminate on the basis of race. We just discriminated because we don't like them darkies. <laughs> Federal officials say that, my God, that investigation is still in progress. According to one veteran... Great, Paris, so ten years from now we'll have an answer. Right, that, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. According to one veteran Paris teacher who asked not to be named for fear of re- retribution, such discrimination is why widespread there's a philosophy of giving sure white is. kids a break and coming down on black kids yep. said a teacher who was right who is white not everyone in paris agrees however that blacks are treated unfairly by the city's institution i've lived here all my life and i don't see that says marianne reed fisher one of the two uh, one of two black members of the paris city council what my kids went to paris Uncle high Tom? school and they well who knows who knows i mean she may what she's saying may be very true maybe she doesn't see it wait she's a member of what the city, um, the Paris City Council. She's a government person. She is. She's bought off. She's my, bought off. She's my uh, kids, one of them. My kids went to Paris High School, and they never had one minute of problem with the school system, the courts, or the police. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Shaquanda, a first-time offender, remains something of an um, anomaly inside the Texas Youth Commission prison system, where officials say 95% of the 2,500 juveniles in their custody are chronic Serious offenders yeah. who already have exhausted county level programs such as probation and murderers. local treatment. She's in there with murderers. <laughs> she is so. This is so nuts. This. I don't know whether this is widespread and rampant racism. It sounds that way to me. Certainly from this article. I mean, there's there's some suspicious stuff going totally. on. But this sentence is nuts. It's off the chart crazy. Okay. Um, and they need to get that girl out of there. The Texas Youth Commission is reserved for those youths who are most violent and most habitual, said the commission spokesman. Um, the whole <laughs> the whole concept of commitment until your 21st birthday should be recognized. Well, she's as- a reoffender, Mark. She Not only did she push the hall monitor, she also um, banged a couple of chalkboard erasers together recently. <laughs> That's right. She's dangerous. She was singing off-key in choir. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do people even know what chalkboards are these days? That might have been way too obscure for our younger listeners. Are there no chalkboards in schools? <laughs> They're getting, they've got the they, white mark, uh, the, uh, the whiteboards oh, now. Very interesting. Concept of, I think we should go back to chalkboards. <laughs> a concept of commitment until your 21st birthday should be recognized as a severe penalty. And that's why it's typical the last, typically the last resort of the juvenile system in Texas. And in this case. Inside the youth prison in Brownwood, where she has been incarcerated for the last 10 months... A prison currently Ugh. at the center of the state candle, a scandal involving a guard who allegedly sexually abused teenage m- inmates. That's never happened in prisons before. Shaquanda, who is now 15, says she's not been doing well. Three oh times my. she's tried to injure herself. First by scratching her face, Aww. then by cutting her arm. The last time she said she copied a method she saw another young inmate try, knotting a sweater around her neck <gasps> and yanking it so tight she couldn't breathe. Oh, man. The guards noticed her sprawled inside in her cell before it was too late. Just just to um, make it clear, yes, that's how inmates kill themselves. They take, they rip a piece off of the end of the bunk, uh, the, the, the end of their sheet, and it doesn't have to be very long, mm-hmm. four feet. Uh, you know, the end, the end of a twin-size sheet's going to be four feet, maybe yeah, three and a sure. half feet. Um, essentially, what you have is a string there. It's it's uh, sort of bound up, um, and you can use it to tie a noose around your neck. And all you have to do is tighten it up, and 
that cuts the blood flow off to your brain. You just pull it tight, mm-hmm. and that's it. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. 800-259-9231. Have you had any experience with institutionalized racism like this? Just this despicable hatred all over the place, the places you live or have lived. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Free number, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net to a free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go, all the different features there. You'll find that they're completely free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. It's been, you know, it's sort of like an ebb and flow with the, sh- the Shrine submissions. Uh, they come in in a, in, a, in a rush, and then they go away for a while. As I just posted two last week. I'm going to have another two um, to post this weekend. How exciting. So, yes, very exciting. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, by the way. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking about a very disturbing story, but yet a very believable story about a small town called Paris, Texas, I don't know, maybe it's a small city. But anyway, there's a significant uh, race, uh, racial, racial divide in this particular town. A lot of people are feeling some severe racism from the side of the government, as far as you know, there are certain racists who are in positions of power. That's the claim. And they are utilizing their positions of power in order to ex- exact their hatred on members of, uh, of the, uh, the African-American community, the black community there. And it's really a despicable story about a young lady who's 14, and she was going to the government high school. She got into a little bit of trouble with one of the hall monitors, a 58-year-old white woman, who she shoved. She pushed. And normally that might be something that would get you detention, maybe a, I don't know, picking up trash around the schoolyard or something like that. And In her case, though, it got her seven years in prison. And... She hadn't really had any real de- de- um, detention-related issues before this. She hadn't really been a bad kid, per se. So what was the reason for this? Especially when the same judge who gave her seven years in prison also sentenced a 14-year-old white girl to probation for burning a house down. So it's it's very clear to me that there's a serious racist problem here in, uh, or there in Paris, Texas. And we were just getting to the end of the story, and I thought, even though it was just a, like less than a paragraph, I thought it was worth reading. Mark, uh, just a few quotes from this young lady who's now 15, I believe. Mm -hmm. She's been in the juvie system there in jail for 10 months, and she's uh, she's already tried to kill herself. It looks that way. She's certainly trying to harm herself. And uh, what does she have to say? She said she uh, tried to harm herself out of depression, desperation, and fear of the hardened young thieves, robbers, sex offenders, and parole violators all around her, whom she must try to avoid each day. I get paranoid when I get around some of these girls, Shaquanda said. Sometimes I feel like I just can't do this no more, that I can't survive this. Wow. So Yeah, this is really going to help her get better. Time spent around people like that. Yeah. 
And so I want to know if you've had any sort of experience with this institutionalized racism, these racists who get their hands on power. This is yet another reason we don't need government around. I mean, getting rid of government, getting government out of our lives as much as possible would give people like these scumbags that sentenced this girl to seven, seven years in prison would give them a whole lot less to work with. Then they could just hate on their own. They could hate on their own and, you know, institute hate at their workplaces. If they happen to be business owners, they could, for instance, not allow the people they don't like, whether they be white or black or orange or whatever, not allow them to come into their place of business. But that would be the extent of their reach. That would be the extent of how they could affect people's lives, unless they actually went out and started harming others, in which case they'd eventually come up against somebody who wanted to defend themselves and hurt them back. Uh, That would really go a long way, I think, to uh, disempowering scumbags like the judge that sentenced this poor girl. Well, uh, it it seems obvious to me that, that she's been sentenced uh, improperly and something needs to be done. Uh, this this is terrible. Well, all we can do, unfortunately, is take your phone calls. So let's go to the phones and talk to Alex in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Alex. Hi, how are you? Great. Uh, What's on your mind? Yeah, well, the reason I called was just to make an observation that I, I've been uh, – oh, this is over the years. I've been seeing on the news. I've been seeing on the news. I've been seeing – all these other different things taking place. And personally, I'm, I have nothing against really any race whatsoever, but it's just a, a simple observation. I mean, uh, every time something bad happens to a certain community, and I've, I've noticed uh, predominantly with the black community, uh, let's say the Aunt Jemima case when uh, they sued because Aunt Jemima looked too much like a slave, I guess. And... Uh, I don't understand. Uh, they they constantly complain. It seems as if uh, the African American community wants more rights than the other citizens of the United States because uh, they feel they're owed something for slavery. I think I read an article about. Well, West I don't think Virginia. it's fair. I don't think it's fair for you to uh, blanket the entire black population of America with one statement like that. Okay, I think, well, I think, I, well, okay, well, it's it's a, it's a certain group of people. I mean, that's like saying that that's like saying that all white people uh, want to pass laws against pornography because some of the Christian uh, fundamentalists that are out there talking on television sets happen to be white. I mean, so just okay, because well, there are a okay, couple of. I, I'm sorry for try, for blanketing the whole African American community, but there are certain groups are in that community that are just perpetuating this this uh so-called hatred and it's uh, you, you know i would I agree with you what, alex that, that that's that is happening but the but reason that they're able to do that is because the, they 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 aren't just talking about something that doesn't exist. If oh, black on. people hey. were talking about aliens, nobody would hold believe on. them. But what they're hold talking on. about is something that's happening. Hold on and, and also, I read an article about West Virginia issuing a, a state apology for slavery. Now, what do you, that happened uh, almost a century ago. What do you, or half a century ago? What do you want us to do? What do you want regular people to do about slavery? If it's an apology. Case, that's all. West Virginia was around. Me, you weren't, me, Alex. Let me, let me point something out. If uh, this is a real quick statement, let me point something out. If if they're so sorry about slavery. Why don't you have the big tobacco companies and cotton companies that profited off slavery to give all the money that they profited back? That's not going to happen. They don't want to give all the money back. We, we're not that sorry. You know, you know what I mean? That's the kind of attitude they take. They're sorry, but they're not that sorry. I, I understand. Who's, who's taking that attitude? I don't know that any of the tobacco companies are around from 1850. I, I just, you know, those companies are now populated they, they, by different they, people. They had, they had slaves plowing their fields and, and everything else. They didn't build, build the company off of... Uh, 
I'm, tell- I'm telling you that I don't know that any of those companies are still in existence. And, um, you know, those companies are now populated by different people. The stock is owned by a bunch of different people. And to take money from those people, um, you know, have the government force those companies to give over money okay. doesn't really and, seem and fair to me. Exa- a recent example, sir, is... Uh, the movie Black Snake Moan. Now, if you were to go to a movie theater, you would see the prop. It has, I know the movie has nothing to do with any of that, but the prop has a, a black uh, man with a white woman chained up. Now, let's put it in reverse. What if a white man had a black woman chained up? Could you imagine the uproar? Wait, I don't understand. What, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what movie you you're talking, talking about, about and, uh, you know, those kind of things. And I would tell you, and I would agree with you, there are some things that are unfair in um, the characterization of black people and white people in America. I think what's unfair is, is Alex's characterization, uh, acting as though that this is a problem that afflicts this, uh, the, the issue of some people complaining about not getting reparations and that sort of thing, that it afflicts well, the entire black community, and that's just entirely unfair. It's a minority of people uh, within the black community that are just yelling the loudest just as it is with the Christian coalitions and all the you know various different people it, that get it, attention it in the white like, community. As if, it seems as if you're just trying to sit there and defend them. I'm trying to give you a... a realistic befriend view. who? Them, befriend of course. who? Who's them, I'm sir? Tra- look, I'm, I'm trying to give you a realistic view. I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm trying to... Okay. Who, who am I befriending? Look, when you say them, what are you talking about? For, for instance... Look, you're trying to, trying to put me in the corner where, where everyone's going to come in and bash on me, but that's not going to happen. So... Friends, it's like I'm saying, that movie, Black Snake Moan, you go to the movie theater, look at the prop. It's a black man with a white woman on a chain. Let's say if there was a, wh- if, if there was a, white, if there was a white man and then had a black woman on the chain. What is I, this I movie? Black com- is this I a guarantee, movie? Listen, I guarantee the black community would, would, be, would be screaming racism, racism. I mean, What, that, what is the black community, a- dude? I mean, what do you mean by that? The, the black community, there's no such thing as the community. There are only individuals. So the fact that you okay, keep trying that, to group black sounds, people together listen, says to me listen. that you're a racist. Now, that's all. That's what it tells me. What you're saying sounds nice and theory. Hold on there, buddy. 800-259-9231. Cause First of all, can we pull up? Can you pull up this movie, this Black Snake Mound? Is it even a, moan? a theatrical release? Yeah, I, I, moan, I believe it is. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying right. to find this thing that he's More on about. the way. We'll see what this guy's all about. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. Enjoy them because they're on us. We do uh, also invite you to voluntarily support the show by voting for us. We need your votes to stay as the number one podcast in the world. There are about 30,000 podcasts out there. We're number one according to podcast. PodcastAlley.com, but we're only number one thanks to those of you who have gone and voted for us this month. It's a monthly process, meaning we only need your help once in a one-month period of time. So if you've yet to go to vote.freetalklive.com, please take the time out. It takes you less than a minute. Do it for us, because it makes a big difference. Us being the number one show means more people coming across Free Talk Live, meaning more people discovering the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's even somewhat important to you... Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Your votes really are making a difference. And ask some friends or some family members to vote as well. We we might just be able to pull it out this month. We've got about a week a week left. We've been number one all month long. Mm-hmm. And we can do it with your help at vote.freetalklive.com. Well, surprise, surprise, Mark. Our boy Alex, who had called in, oh, man. Uh, he dropped off the line during the break there. Yes, things got a little too hot in the kitchen there, huh, Alex? <sighs> it's... 
I kind of understand where he's coming from. No, I understand. Kind of. I sort of understand where he's coming from, and I think that either Alex is a racist, or he's a collectivist, or both. And well, the reason I, I say that is because he got on the air and started just making blanket statement after blanket blanket statement. We're talking about this uh, issue from uh, from down in Paris, Texas, where a young uh, a teenage black girl has been sentenced to seven, seven years in prison right. for pushing a hall monitor at her school. There's obvious institutionalized racism going on, and Alex calls in to complain because some individuals in the black so-called community, some black individuals are still concerned over the whole slavery thing. They want reparations. All they do is complain about that. But yet he, for some reason, continues to apply the opinions of those few individuals to every single black person in America, using terms like the black community. And that's, that's, a, that's a collectivist, brainwashed problem. Wait. So either he is really racist, or he just can't separate himself from the understanding of, okay, Alex... There are individuals who have these beliefs, and they're out there getting on news programs and complaining about how they want reparations and all that. They're individuals. They only represent themselves. They do not represent every other black person well, they in America. Well, sort of present themselves as representing the black community. But they don't. Okay, I, I, I don't care what I get, they present I get what you're saying. At. Yes, they, they don't. Anybody with a, with a brain in their head should be able to understand that Jesse Jackson doesn't speak for every black person in America. I doubt he even speaks for 10% of them. Eh, maybe 10%. Um, so that's a, that's a serious problem that, uh, that this gentleman had, is uh, well, un, being unable to separate himself from this collectivist mentality. The idea that just because some black people say something he doesn't like, that all black people must think the same way. So either a collectivist or a racist or both. Oh, I I would agree with you that the, you certainly can't lump um, some black people in with all black all black people in with some black people. Uh, but there's there's sort of this um, loud minority in the black community that uh, you know, that stirs things up and makes problems. Most black people in America, middle class folks, go to work every day, do the right thing. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're not talking about them. There's a crime there. There's a crime issue in the black community um, that. It, it, it's it's difficult to ignore um, of anybody that you know or have met. I've got a right to be a racist. I spent eight and a half years in prison, and I was a um, minority. I was it was one for every four um, there, one white guy for every four uh, for four others. Sometimes, but you're not a racist. But I'm not. No, um, you had friends who were black in prison. I did, and but I you see. I sort of had this uh, funny little way of doing it. Like I, I was somewhat racist because I would see problems in the black community. I would lump them all together like he did. But I would also realize, hey, some black people are great, and I like them. So I, I was able to petition in my mind, do you see? Like there's the black people I like, and then there's the rest of those black people. And it, it's, it's a strange thing um, that, you know, I sort of – I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to classify – all black people under this same umbrella because it's just not, it's fair. not fair. It's They're like saying all that all white people are the same. I mean, there's different places, right? And, and it's like saying that just because Ralph Reed or, or Pat Robertson gets on the air and starts spouting off at the mouth about how he hates pornography, that all white people must hate pornography and be Christian fundamentalists. I, I mean, would, it's crazy. I would say that the biggest problem facing the black community is government intervention. 
um, living on the dole. You know, what they end up doing is living on the uh, living at the poorest extremes of society. They're never going to make it anywhere if welfare continues, if um, generation after generation continues to get free money from the government. They're not going to want to make any more money because hey, they you know, can cease that's to That's a problem it. with the, with uh, poor whites as well. Absolutely plenty of poor true. whites on welfare, Absolutely too. Absolutely true. Let's go to the phones. It's Monica in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Monica. Hi. Hey, what's hey. on your mind? Uh, well, actually, uh, the the conversation has kind of uh, branched off since I, since I called in, but uh, I am a senior uh, political science economics student at the University of Houston, and uh, I also write for the Daily Cougar here, which is like the campus newspaper. Okay. And I, I reviewed Black Snake Moon. Oh, did you? <laughs> Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> now, I, I've been looking I, I online wonder, here, and it doesn't seem to be terribly racist to me, but go ahead. Yeah, I have to wonder if Alex even, even saw the movie. I no, mean, I think I, he saw a picture of uh, Samuel L. Jackson dressed up, up um, like an old black man in a dirty T-shirt holding a uh, Christina Ricci on a chain. Right, right, which was an intentionally stark picture. I mean, they were going with the, the whole graphic arts uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, actually, that movie poster was based off of uh, earlier prejudices in movies in the 1950s. So it's not, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's satire. Yeah, right? it, I would say it is. I mean, it looks like uh, it, it looks like he's essentially kidnapped her in some manner or another. Apparently, according to the plot, she's a nymphomaniac, and he's trying to cure her of her uh, of her affliction. Oh God! <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it sounds kind of seedy, but but you know. So I mean, what? I, I guess I went in with a consciously neutral attitude because I've. I, I, you know, I heard the propaganda before it came out. You know, everyone, everyone was up in arms about the the poster itself, and I was like, you know, everyone else is thinking this, and I just kind of paused and <laughs> thought it would be better to go in with uh, no agenda, right? Right. But anyway, I was actually calling uh, because I am so thankful I moved to this city. It's uh, really diverse, and one of my neighbors, uh, her mother is a single black woman. And she works her ass off, right? And sometimes uh, she lets me like take her out for outings and stuff. And I took her to the zoo the other day. The other day, but I didn't really realize how lucky I was to have that experience. How's that? Until until I heard this. It's outrageous. I can't believe there are people in this world that still think like that. Like Alex, you mean the last the last caller? No, like uh, the people in Paris, Texas. Right. I got gotcha. you. Well, now let me ask you this. Let's let's okay. You've had you've had time to spend with uh, an elderly. Is she how old is she? Um, would you say? Twelve. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you said she was um, a mother. Okay. Yeah, so I get that right, impression too. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Young girl. <laughs> I took her, okay. Her kid, Ashley, to the to the zoo. But you've been around her mom. I mean, does her mom make a habit of complaining about uh, Whitey? Does her mom make a habit about complaining about how she has, no. isn't getting reparations? All these things. Absolutely that, not. Right. Because Our most, mom is a beautiful, professional woman. It's crazy. I mean, right, because I most people are just people, and they're concerned with um, getting on in their own lives, and they aren't reliant on the state, and they aren't uh, out there demanding welfare. It's only certain people that are doing that, and to paint everybody with a broad brush is absolutely either ignorance or racism, or one or the are, other. Absolutely. If someone is either human or they're black, and one is racist and the other is not. Thank you, Monica. Nice hearing from you, and thank you for the call. Send us a picture for the Shrine of Female listeners. That'd be awesome. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, the, the, whole, the whole idea of a black community separates it from a white community. You don't hear a great deal about the Italian community or the Irish community How about the in woman America. community? 
Um, well, I guess you don't hear about them at all. They're they're pretty well integrated. Mm. Um, what what I, the point I'm trying to make That's is a good point. There was a time that um, the Irish community, the Italian community, um, even the Greek community were very separated and insular in the United States, but. You know, we allowed them to uh, integrate. Um, it, the problem is, is that the blacks uh, integrating in the 60s sort of integrated later um, because of, you know, racism and that kind of thing in the South and sort of the forced integration that went went on. It's the welfare that's kept them from integrating um, as, as seamlessly as the Italians or the Irish or the uh, Greeks have. And I, I just, you know, the, in most cases, it's just the difference in the amount of melanin in their skin. That's it. And that's all. Yep. Their skin developed in a different fashion. It evolved in a different way. They, uh, you know, the, I think the theory is because they were in a hotter climate, more sunlight, uh, the, protection. the pigmentation is more protection mm-hmm. from that sort of thing. That's it. That's yep. all. My best friend Julian is uh, like half black, half white, and he's so pale that he's has, he burns more quickly than I do. <laughs> all right. Uh, we are done for tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. Yes. People are just people. They should be treated on an individual basis and judged based on what they say and do individually. Please stop putting them in groups. It's a weakness that we have as, uh, as, as individuals. More on the way tomorrow night. Join us online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.